Hey everybody, this is Justin, and I'm here with Denisha, and you are listening to the Focus On Me podcast. Happy New Year. Again? <laughs> Again? We, we, been, we way into the year already. Nah, we, nah. <laughs> I told you, St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> well, this, this is uh, part two of Let's Talk About Sex, and we're going to dive in deeper picking up pretty much where we left off on the last one so if you listen if you're listening to this one now you should probably stop and go back to the one before this and then come back here so yeah so let's talk about sex baby by salt and pepper salt and pepper not tlc (laughs) not tlc (laughs) um so that was your right for the year i get it um that's (laughs) funny So, yeah, so in today's episode, let's go a little bit further, right? Let's actually talk. So we, we encouraged you at, in the last episode to listen to the lyrics or to go back and read the lyrics. And as we were doing the same, it's interesting because I wanted to talk maybe for the first perspective point of it was a female group who wrote that song, right? right, right. So some of the details of the song, you know, she was like, I don't think they don't play this on the radio. And understandably so because back in the day when salt and pepper was you know hot yeah a lot of things were still taboo and a lot of things you know there hadn't been a lot of movement in certain areas so mm-hmm. her realization that people weren't talking about the things that they needed to be talking about right i think that's a lot of what the, the lyrics speak to but then also just the power of women yeah. talking about it right so let's actually jump back to our the outgoing president, praise God, when he first was running and that Hollywood access Hollywood tape was leaked mm-hmm. and he said that you know you can do whatever you want to women, mm-hmm. you can grab them by their body parts, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there was this seeming uprising of women like, oh, we're not gonna stand for this and they had all these marches. Mm-hmm. So if you think about that, like that was 2017. Right. Not that long ago. Bad stuff has been happening to women mm-hmm. for a long a time. Mm-hmm. You know, even the fact that he felt like you could say that and that was encouragement that you could give to another man. Like, that thing that speaks to it. So when Salt and Pepper was saying back in the day, like, they're probably not going to have this conversation. How, um, uh, cutting edge was that for them as women to even be rapping about that? Yeah, that was that was a long time ago. You know, the fact... And so now we talked in the last episode about Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. I think, again, hopefully that's who said it. I'm but, sure you know, that was so groundbreaking for them to be talking about sex. And even, you know, Sister Jasmine came out with her new CD a couple weeks ago, The Hotels, which yeah. is, you know, maybe something we'll get into if we have some time today. But just thinking about women and sex... And the challenges slash faux pas, as we talked about last episode about being a hoe or considered whatever, or not having a space in which you can talk about, learn about, express your sexuality. And then how that impacts marriage and relationships. Mm-hmm. I think that is such a interesting part that no one really wants to talk about. I've had so many women, and I am even... Um, I can relate to that experience too, to where we've never been taught about sex. If there was any conversation about sex, it was shaming women who were doing it. They were fast, they were loose, they were whatever. So of course you hear that 
And then that causes you to want to walk circumspect because you don't want to be the subject of that conversation, you know, or you're never encouraged and empowered to on how to um, embrace your sexual identity. And then all of a sudden you get married and it's like, okay, now you free. Right. And that (laughs) transition is hard. Mm -hmm. Even, um, you know, we talk about our TV shows. One of the episodes, everybody loves Raymond where Marie is getting on Deborah for having too much sex. And she lies and says that they only have sex once a year. And Ray goes to talk to his dad, like, Oh my God, like, really? He's like, once a week is good. <laughs> and come to find out, they were really having sex once a week. So when Deborah asked Marie, like, why would you lie? And she finally, like, kind of blows up in this uh, emotional outburst. Like, you know, we're not supposed to talk about it. You're not supposed to like it. You're supposed to be prudent. And, and, and this really, I think, speaks to that reality for women. It's like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. You're a hoe. You're a hoe if you do it. And then... If you win now, it's legal. Oh, make sure he's happy. Please him. Be free to do it. And it's that disconnect is so real. But there's so much, there's so many gaps in between there. There was no teaching of any of that along the way. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, even just, I can understand the logic of it, obviously, because I've, you know, I know I, I've talked to people and I know people, and I mean, we talk, you know, so I understand the logic of it. And even from a male standpoint, not having any conversation about it for 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 a male standpoint it's like oh now we just can't get in trouble for it mm-hmm. that becomes based based off of what we have been taught and you know the things that we have that we've known about is like okay so now they can't say nothing about nothing to us about it but still not really having any real conversation about anything healthy about it mm-hmm. beforehand mm-hmm. and I think that uh whether we want to embrace it or not, when we got people like Salt and Pepper or Cardi B and Nicki Minaj bringing, or Jasmine Sullivan bringing this into the conversation, for many women, they're excited, you know. And and how do we have this conversation in context around what does God call for versus what is the world saying is okay? Right. And God told me a couple weeks ago when we were preparing for um. She slays, and I I don't remember exactly what I was thinking about, but God said feminism was my idea from the beginning. And I think it's interesting because it's almost like we feel like we're claiming something, whether that was in the 70s or even now (laughs) with WAP, like we claiming and taking it back. And almost this act of rebellion, like you're not going to tell me what I can do with my body and da-da-da. And God's like, (laughs) I never put that in place (laughs) in the first place. You know, those were man-made, patriarchal, white supremacist views and things that happened that God never intended in the first place. And so now we rebelling against him like we doing him, like we going to get him told. (laughs) At the end of the day, he never he never desired for us to be in that type of bondage. Mm -hmm. But the twisting of it all, the through the centuries and thousands of years of time brings us to where we are right now. Yeah. And I think one of the things that, like, while you were talking, some of the things that I was thinking about when I came to my mind was the, 
long, I said the long lasting trauma mm-hmm. and the effects of it and how it brings everything now. So that let's talk about sex song was 1990. Okay. To, Dang, get, to think 30 the, years ago. Right, to think about that. That was mm-hmm. 1990. So you think about that then and you think about if you go further back and how we talked about um, the I said we say the white patriarchal, you know, the mm-hmm. things that they have implemented into Christianity mm-hmm. and the things that they have implemented just and I will say into the uh, media mm-hmm. to basically make people ashamed of their bodies essentially if they're mm-hmm. not shaped a certain way mm-hmm. if they're not a size two if they're not uh, you know have that they don't have a long flowy hair that's straight if they if, if they're not a certain image it has caused them to uh, has caused a lot of women to be ashamed of what they have ashamed of you know what they've we, we talk we, I think we were talking we were talking one these days about genes or we were talking about things that are genetic. We, oh. That's yeah. I was like genetic. Yeah, I, no, no, <laughs> ge- ge- no. Things that are genetic that uh-huh. that have nothing to do with. They are they are predetermined essentially. Uh-huh. Some things you just cannot get away from. Uh-huh. You know, and some people's body shapes uh-huh. are things that you can do everything you can. There's nothing wrong with you. You're healthy, but that's just what, what uh-huh. your body uh, uh, makeup is, uh-huh. and. Those things are things, even and it's crazy sounds. Even even it even happens with men too, um, because just like women, they see they see Beyonce and they see Rihanna or whoever whoever it is that's there or that that that, that has the what people are considered to be the ideal look, mm-hmm. or you know I, I think at, even even gosh that's so funny, even looking at like the times of, of like different times. Of old, when you look at like the like those paintings, those old white English paintings, mm-hmm. and those women, they weren't shapely. They didn't have nothing, but people were like, "Oh, that's the ideal. That's the ideal. That's the that's the ideal beauty." And they turned, they went from that to something else. And then when pretty much when we, it's like we come along, and now we're looking at what their idea of beauty is. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talk about like. Uh, like we, I, one of the I, I thought I thought about was like the whole body image thing. Mm-hmm. It's not really much different with men. Some are men sometimes more accepted to have different shapes. Yes. However, while they are, while the women are look, looking at uh, what's what's the brother from Creed? <laughs> yes. While they looking at brother Jordan or the Duke from Bridgerton. There you go. Or or, right or, or, or 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 the Duke Praise or they are looking at Idris. Praise the Lord. You know, back in back, you know, in the '90s, it was like Denzel, but when it, it wasn't, in, that wasn't even and Shamar. Praise so you know, right? <laughs> but you, but but that's but but then you got the average brother is not gonna look like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he may he may be nice, he may be this, he may, and you know, I think looking at that from both perspectives, where women at I'm not saying women don't have it hard because they definitely do. Men don't necessarily have it as easy uh, as easy as it's I think proposed, but I think they do have. There are some structural things that they may deal with. They may never even say anything about as far as their bodies and that they deal with that they don't say anything about as far as like thinking that man, like yeah, I don't look like this, I, you know. But some women are okay with that. And, and so, 
help me has this tie into sex. I'm about to go there. Okay, that's what I said. Help me. But well, I'm, I, well, it, it, it's it's the way I tie it back into sex is the are the bodies themselves, and pretty much how women, the the the, the looks of women and how and the, the shapes of their bodies and stuff, oftentimes has a tendency to not help them when it comes to having healthy sex or learning things healthily in far as in, in, in a sexual uh, manner. It's the same thing with a man because a lot of men aren't taught that either. I don't know, money. I don't know that I can say that it's the same. I hear you, but mm-hmm. let me offer this back. And that's okay. You don't have to yeah. agree. Let me offer this back. I think that Yes, there's the the Idrises and the Michael B. Jordans and, and whatever of the world. But men, and I, I read a post one time that said, think about how many businesses benefit from you hating a part of your body. Essentially, that was the post. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, I don't like my nose, there's a company that benefits from that. Right. I don't like my skin tone. There's a company that benefits mm-hmm. from that. I hate the way my hair is. There's a company, I hate my hips. I hate my lips. Like, whatever it is, like, there are so many people who financially benefit from you hating your body. Basically. Your body. Or, a, right. And I don't think that men, and I'm not saying that it's not out there. I'm just saying it's not nearly equal. I'm not saying it's equal. I'm I'm not saying that you are saying that. What I'm saying is I don't think that men are bombarded with image things the way women are. Think about sitting in the grocery store, the magazines, or in the newsstand, the magazines. I would bet for every one GQ men's men's health magazine, whatever, there's 10 women. Cosmo, Vogue, L, Vanity Fair. And so I'm saying, I think, even just standing there, those images of beauty, even to the tabloids, which we know is fake, mm-hmm. it'll be like, Kate Middleton puts on 30 pounds, or uh, Kersey Alley, really? <laughs> I don't remember why they used to kill Kersey Alley in the back of the day. Yeah, or like, really Beyonce's secret, like all these different things where it's like the person's either falling off or this unrealistic image of the person, right? And so all of those things contribute to the idea or the philosophy of women and how they think they're supposed to be or should ascribe to or something that they should be bad or feel bad about themselves. And so I think to the point about men, do they have body image issues? I'm, I'm sure they do. But I don't think it's as equivalent or as likely for there to be as much body shaming and myth messages about men as there are women. What I was going to say was to kind of piggyback all of that was that the effect, there are two different effects for the men. The one is what I was talking about with the body shaming. The other one is actually the direct effect, the same effect that you guys have, in that we're now just like that. Those images are being, you know, pretty much shown to you guys, and it's like it's like unrealistic. It's also being fed to us, and what I think has happened. Listen, to what I'm about to tell you. I'm listening because this is what I, because I thought about this when 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 um you were talking about it, and 
what it is is it starts to shape the male or male's perspective differently. So, for instance, here's a perfect example. What part, perspective what of, of of women? Yes. Okay. So, like, so you t- you take you take a person who who doesn't have a lot of let's say a person who lives in like the country don't have doesn't they don't have a lot of access to a lot of those tabloids and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and they only watch whatever TV that you know there's are they're being shown. And they're not showing a lot of the, those images of what's supposed to be the ideal woman. Mm-hmm. So pretty much their ideal woman is the type of women they've, they've grown up around. Their sisters, their aunts. Their, those are the type of women that they see. Okay. When you then get exposed to nothing, to, to more of the world, mm-hmm. and now you see this imagery, mm-hmm. it changed the perspective. And it start, and it, it, can, it can change, and I'm saying it definitely does, it can change the view, which in hindsight doesn't really help the women, because now that view on the male's eye has been changed because of the media, and it it, it almost breeds a certain expectation upon women. I agree with that. I would add. I don't think it's just people who live in the country who don't. No, have, I, just no, no I know. I'm just saying. I think the unrealistic image and version of women. Mm-hmm. That even men buy into because mm-hmm. come on, at the end of the day, I would love to see the numbers, but if I had to bet, like Dove, Oil Volet, Mac, whoever, these cosmetic companies, very few of them are female owned, female run companies. Yeah. Right? When you think about these big beauty, you know, uh companies that and one of the things I like to do is I like to buy black owned and I like to own buy women owned. It's only a few of them, right? right? <laughs> it's only a few companies that are actually out here putting. And when I say a few, I'm talking about in the grand scheme of the market, right? Right. That's, that you know about, like it's five percent. And even when you know, especially over the summer, when there was a lot of conversation about uh, diversity and equity among African Americans in America, there were lists that were going out, and people were trying to find products that were black owned and, and things like that so I think statistics still show that it's still very male dominated mm-hmm. in this reality so I think that expectation of what women are supposed to be like and and all of that is it impacts men as well and it impacts their expectations right. so now let's build it right you got women and men who are taught about sex so differently mm-hmm. if at all you've got society and these social norms that are very patriarchal and they don't have a hold enough space and place for women mm-hmm. and then now you've got two people coming together in a relationship with all of this what I will call junk ideology or garbage ideology coming together to try to live their life out and then wondering why there's challenges and barriers. Mm-hmm. Especially when we add faith into the mix. And that's right. you know not something we've talked about a lot in this conversation, but not, I remember being hmm, 15, 16, I don't know, at a church you know, convention, council thing, and that was one of the first times I ever heard them talk about sex or some one of them workshops, it being about sex, mm-hmm. and there were two things that stand out in my mind. One was the name of the workshop was 
virgin is not a dirty word. Okay. <laughs> right? Okay. So even if you just think about the topic, you know what the teaching is. Right, right. Right? So then you can only imagine what level of shame and blame and and Came condemnation is going to be a part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And again, I was like 16 or 17. And I know, you know, my peers the age who had kids and were having kids. And mm-hmm. and now at 40, their kids are 21 and 22. Right. So it and maybe 30 some because mm-hmm. they were having them at 14, 15. So it, it, again, we having conversations about sex, but we having the wrong conversation about right, sex. Right. The other time I remember in one of those um, <laughs> conversations, uh, my aunt was facilitating it and people were asking questions. And I remember there's this one particular guy, every time a certain like questions, he was like, Jesus, oh, Jesus, like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, so I was like, well, what about masturbating? Oh, Jesus. He like got up and, <laughs> and left. And we're all like 17, 16, 17, so mm-hmm. right. But I'm like, this is the conversation. And this was the environment in which, and that's two times I can remember. Being in a space where that was the subject. I can't remember ever. (laughs) Sadly enough, I can't ever remember them actually having some seminar or or some type of teaching regarding it because they wouldn't. They didn't want to hear questions about about going to the movies. So, (laughs) so because now, so let's look at this, right? So much of our lives are connected to sex. So much of our humanity, primal, and not even just primal, because sometimes we say primal or primitive, like it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Our need for survival is based on, we need to eat. Nobody calls eating a primitive activity, right? (laughs) We need water. We need air. We don't call that breathing. Oh, you're such a primate because you're breathing. Like, right. Okay. But, that this is such a huge part of who we are, but we don't have this conversation. How do we expect people to get it right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm one of the things I'll say to our listeners, if you have children, I implore you to start having conversations about humanity and body. Another thing I'm going to say while, I, while in this moment, use the right words. Teaching kids about their anatomy is important. Yeah. I had sneeze. But. (laughs) (laughs) Say bless you. Well, bless you. Blessings be upon you. But, you know, it's so important for us to change the tide to where we're teaching values. Yeah. But we're also giving information. And that's the thing. For me, growing up, information was so important because it helped me help other people mm-hmm. and help me be able to explain something and actually sound like I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. If I don't have any information, I don't, number one, I don't know what to do. And number two, I don't know how to help somebody else. And, and I think we do too much teaching values, what's right and wrong. Should you have sex before you're married, all that kind of stuff versus information about, especially for males, this physiological thing is going to happen to you tonight mm-hmm. or in the nighttime. Right. Like, you know, I think we don't do enough of that. We, and, and the values, if we're not careful, will bring shame and condemnation, which then breeds secrecy and addictions, which bring problems into marriage. Right. You know, I was talking to, and we'll maybe tee this up for the next conversation. I was talking to 
a client and in in my past one time and where there was some infidelity and adultery and when I was asking him in a whole nother conversation about his stress and he was like yeah I'm stressed and I said well okay we'll help you release stress and the first thing he said to me was pornography mm-hmm. and because it was a therapy space it wasn't a faith-based space right. I couldn't address the right or wrong about pornography but more from the level of like how's that going to impact your bow to not do that because of the past infidelity and whatnot but you know those types of things where this has been a part of your secret life Mm -hmm. your secret addictions I've had for years men talk to me about pornography and that secret shame Mm -hmm. and so because we don't bring sex into the conversation but we bring values by values I mean thou shall not and what you should and what does God think and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff but not telling people like hey this is gonna happen to your body women around day 14 before that egg drops you gonna feel real interested in having Mm -hmm. sex because that egg is needing is seeking a sperm like those things that naturally happen that we make it be a thing about your faith you love God and we make it a value thing are you a woman not are you a lady like all that other stuff that gets in the way mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden now I'm supposed to have a healthy relationship and a healthy sex life in in marriage. a relationship yeah. yeah in your marriage yeah so yeah last sauce before we finish up this episode I'm kind of stuck right now. Okay. Well, so, um, in between now and the next episode, friends, make sure if you have not already, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to this podcast, share it, tell a friend. If you've got thoughts, hit us up. You can email us at thecrownllc at yahoo.com or any of our social media pages. Um, if you are, I even say this, I feel like also call. If you are in a space where maybe these conversations are bringing up some things for you that you need to process, and, and maybe you're looking at thinking about going to see a counselor, if you need help with that, you know, we'd be happy to help you get connected to someone who can provide a safe space for you and you or your partner to be able to talk through some of these. Um, Things if there are thoughts or, or, or concerns that have come up from you as you've listened to uh, our conversations about sex. So until next time, we'll see you.